As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Giants are world champions. Welcome to the Giants Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco Giants Insider, Alex Pavlovich. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Giants Insider Podcast presented by Wendy's. You asked Wendy's Delivered. Spicy Nuggets are officially back. Come in today and get your spicy fix with the real deal here for a a limited time at participating restaurants. Wendy's, we got you. Thank you to Wendy's for being our sponsor for a long time now. They've been with me through a few off-seasons and and we are in the middle of the off-season here and things are starting to pick up. Cole Hamill signed this morning. Uh, Zach Wheeler just signed with the Phillies, so that leaves Madison Baumgartner in an interesting spot. Those were two places that have long been connected to him, Atlanta and Philadelphia. So we will see what happens with him. Um, I would like to recommend that you stay tuned to all our coverage, not only on our website, here on the podcast, um, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Pavlovich NBCS for both of those. And obviously with the winter meetings starting on Sunday, it'll be a busy time, a lot of news. I'll try to take you guys behind the scenes a little bit in San Diego at the Hyatt there and, and maybe um, show a little bit of what the winter meetings are like on my Instagram account. So stay tuned for that. Um, as far as the Giants go, obviously the big news this week is uh, letting go of Kevin Pillar and non-tendering him on Monday. It was a big deal for the fan base. I I understand that. Uh, my personal view also is that I, I think people need to be realistic about where this team is and, and what they're really building towards. And, and that's not 2020. It, it's the year after that it is the years after that. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody who is going to get 600 at-bats in 2020 and, and isn't going to be here the year after that, and, and maybe those at-bats are not going to be quite what this front office wants, I, I think, you know, Pilar brought a lot to the table, but there were certainly reasons why the Giants were concerned and, and felt that that production wasn't going to be there next year and, and the defense in center field was something that they felt could be improved. Um, you know, I, I think it just it was something that you have to look at realistically, and, and this is something the Giants are going to do, and I, I think it does make sense for them. And uh, I understand it's difficult for fans, but look, it, this was going to happen. This was going to happen a year ago, but Bruce Bochy had his final year coming, and, and they wanted to be a little bit more competitive. But it'll be a very interesting time going forward, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of young guys get an opportunity next year. I know just in, in talking to Giants people um, since Monday, there's a lot of excitement about Jalen Davis, and that's somebody they want to see. And, and, you know, those are the types of guys that they need to figure out who they are and what they're bringing long-term. And the way to do that is to give them playing time. They did it last year with Mike Ostremski. They, they found a contributor there. I, I think you will see Jalen Davis get a lot of time. You'll see Steven Duggar get another shot. They need to figure out what Austin Slater is at some point. Mauricio Dubon is going to get a lot of time. He potentially could play some center field. So, um, a lot going on. We'll see what they do in the market. But, you know, in, in terms of their future, they're building for a couple years from now and, and trying to build the next great Giants team. And, and there are going to be some PR hits in the meantime, but uh, they're going to take those. And uh, I think 
you know, ultimately the Giants brought in Farhan Zaidi and, and Scott Harris and these guys to, to build the next contender, and they feel like this is the right move. So I, I understand the fan anger, but that's just kind of my point of view on what happened this week. Today's guest, somebody who was a forever Giant, somebody who was very popular, Ryan Vogelsong. I sat down with him in September, uh, held it for a little bit here. Um, but, you know, a lot of what we talked about was generic, and, and Ryan has done a lot of work with the young pitchers in the organization. So I asked him about those guys, and, and he is somebody who really has made an impact on some of those guys. And I, I thought he was very honest, um, as usual with Ryan, about how he feels about those guys. And then we got into some of his Giants career and, and a couple um, longtime Giants that he played for and, and played with and, and his thoughts on those guys. Before that interview, the team at the Monterey Bay Aquarium is helping you to keep an eye on the conservation ball. Skip the plastic straws you don't need. Use a reusable water bottle. Share the love and share your voice to protect the ocean. To learn more, visit MontereyBayAquarium.org slash share your voice. Now here's Ryan Vogelsong, one of my all-time favorite Giants, somebody I always enjoyed covering. And he has been very gracious with his time in retirement. All right, Ryan Vogelsong, I covered you for a while now. I occasionally see you in the outfield shagging fly balls and, and helping pitchers. And, and whenever we say Vogie's here, fans always want to know, like, what exactly is he doing? And I know you do spend, I think, a week a month instructing. What What are you doing with young pitchers in the organization? Um, I mean, it's it depends on the guy, honestly. Um some guys need a lot of mechanical talk and some guys are pretty solid mechanically and we start talking about sequencing and setting guys up and the mental approach and how to prepare for a game and um, basically anything that you can think that would go into trying to be as successful as possible goes into the conversation. It just varies person to person. Um, the biggest thing, like I told you last year when we talked, is mm-hmm. um, obviously I did a lot of things wrong in my career, and I I think that you have to fail to learn. So it's not that I don't want them to fail a little bit; it's trying to get them to get through it a little bit faster and come out the other side, so they don't happen as often. I remember I saw you this spring in the clubhouse, and you you said I really spent some time with some of these young pitchers last year. And, um, you mentioned Anderson and Logan Webb as two guys that you thought just their persona, I think, impressed you. And, and we've seen a lot of both of them mm-hmm. this year, Anderson now in the bullpen. But of what you've seen of them at the big league level, what have you made of, of their rookie years? Um, they, they're both holding their own. And, um, I mean, not everybody is going to come in and be Timmy or Bum where they yeah. just come in and pitch, you know, really good a lot. Um, and, and this is one of the conversations that I had with both of them um, last week when I was there is um, as, as, as impatient as impatient as people we are as baseball players, we want everything right away. There's a process to the to it. And, you know, I even asked Bum in the dugout, you know, after Webby came out of the game that night or last Wednesday, you know, how long did it take you to feel like I'm not just here anymore, that I'm pitching a baseball game? just like I did in mm-hmm. Sacramento or Fresno or Richmond it just happens to be in San Francisco and I'm in the big leagues. And he was like, it's about a year. And thinking back to my time, it was probably about a year till it kind so of felt comfortable. Yeah. And, and that, that you're just preparing to pitch a game and you belong and you're on the same talent level and you don't feel like you have to, you know, strike everybody out every at bat. So those are conversations that I had with Webby and Anderson last week. And, um, 
that's one of the things. If you don't talk about it and bring it to the forefront, they, they might not realize that's what's going on. And I just told them both it's normal. You know, don't feel like you're the only person in the world that's ever gone through yeah. this. And so if we bring it to the forefront and you can attack it, hopefully that transition goes faster. You mentioned having to fail at the big league level. And, and the other young starter they've had this year is Beattie, who has just had ups and downs where we, we see mm-hmm. him as dominant. And then, you know, he has a couple starts where it's really rough and you think maybe he won't be in the rotation. With somebody like that who has the stuff to be a, a frontline guy, what, what do you tell him or what have you told him about just what he has to do to maybe be more consistent? I've told him every trick I have in the book. Um, uh, we've talked about just about everything. And that doesn't mean that I don't think Tyler's ever going to figure it out because I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean that I'm giving up on Tyler because I'm not. Yeah. Because I think Tyler has some of the best right-handed stuff I've ever seen. Um, I would put him up there with Verlander as far as stuff yeah. from a righty. Um, but at some point in your career, and this was the last thing that came for me, you have to find your own way. You know, I can tell you as much as knowledge as I have about being a reporter and writing stories yeah. and interviewing people, but until you sit there and do it, and learn what it takes to make you good and make adjustments on the fly. Base pitching is the same way. So it's just, it's going to come down to how fast Tyler can figure out his own way a little bit. In your time this year, I know you, you're all over the place and, and seeing younger guys. Has there, you know, this year, this spring, we talked about the next class and they're all here already. Mm-hmm. And now there's the class behind them. Is there anybody, have you worked with Jelly? Have you worked with the guys in San Jose that, that you think is, is maybe on the fast track? Um, I did. I have worked with, with Jelly and Wong and Marte, um, all the guys that were I So basically this year, to go back a little bit, I did San Jose, <clears throat> Richmond, and Sacramento mm-hmm. this year. Um, so I saw everybody that was in those three places. And um, there's, there's some arms coming. You know, it's the same thing. It's a process. We, we, we all want really good things to happen fast. Yeah. Some of, some of that's going to happen in some of it's not so we just have to try and pick apart the pieces as best we can and get them ready as fast as we can and they're going to go through the same thing that you're seeing these young guys go through now it's just how it is um like I said Madison Bumgarner and Timmy and Matt Cain that came to the big leagues and succeeded more than failed right away are very few and far in between um so we just got to we got to just keep trying to get them ready and, and be patient with them and, and let them develop and grow. And they're going to take some lumps in the major leagues and hopefully that, you know, makes them better in the long run. As you sit with the Sean Jelly type and, and you're, you know, you were a very classic right-hander. He is something we haven't really seen. Mechanically, how do you have a conversation with that guy? Well, he's, he's, he's actually very easy mechanically because mm-hmm. he's very athletic for how tall he is. And his, his feet are very quick. And he has a very good sense of his body for being so long. Um, he has a very good delivery, too. It's, it's actually pretty compact for how tall he is. So there's not a whole lot to talk about in his delivery. Um, that's why he's in double A already. He, he has the ability to throw the ball where he wants to a lot. He commands a strike zone. He's able to throw off-speed pitches and, and, you know, hitters counts for strikes. And so he's, he's, on, the, he's on the track. Now it's just mentality, preparation, mm-hmm. um, executing when, when things are going in a bad way. Um, sometimes the biggest fault with Jelly is he cares too much. Um, I know that's weird to, weird to, to hear, but 
this guy wears uh wears the game and everything on his sleeves like a lot of us did, but he lets it engulf him too much. Yeah. Um, and once he matures a little bit and figures that part out of it, you're, you're going to see him pretty quickly, I think. Is there anybody that we don't know about that you saw at any level this year that you think is underrated in, in any way? Um, I think I think with, with the internet and everything there is today, you're not going to sneak anybody yeah. through. If if they have a good arm and are pitching well, you're going to hear about it yeah. and know about we'll it. We'll see clips of them right away. Right. Um, so... I kind of read what you guys write about um, most days, so you're you're pretty much right on with everybody. I'll take um, it. Uh, two guys I wanted to ask you about because by the time I run this, they will potentially both be done as Giants. Okay. First of all, your your experience with Bruce Bochy uh, to come back and that you know it, it was so special for you to to come back there and, and he mm-hmm. had been entrenched a little bit. But what do you remember about playing with him? Um. Well, early I thought he handled me unbelievably um being you know pretty nervous about you know getting back there and not not failing again um I felt like he handled me great in starts not allowing me to take losses in games that I had thrown really good um in the moment I'm going why am I coming out of this game and then an hour later I go oh well it was a 2-1 game and I gave up a single and the guys on first now a two-run homer, I, I can't lose the game. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we had a great bullpen. So, but I, I thought I thought that stuff just kept my um, confidence going. And then, as the season went on, I saw, okay, two guys on. He let me finish an inning, and then start the next inning. And so I just felt like the progression of how he handled me that year not just affected me that season, but he it affected me the whole time I was there. And something that I never would have even thought about really until until it happened. And just just the fact that <clears throat> he he's your buddy too. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's kinda like that father figure. You want to impress him and make him happy, but at the same time he'll get mad at you, but then pull you aside and give you a hug and tell you it's okay and that you're still buds, right? And I felt like that's that was Boach in a nutshell. And then you came in when Madison Baumgartner was kind of settling in and, and right. saw the highs there. And, and I know he's always had, to me, an interesting relationship with the veteran starters. I know he gravitated towards guys like Tim Hudson and uh, became close with, with guys who were a little bit older. What, what was your experience with him, and, and what what do you remember about just getting to know him for the first few times? I felt like, uh, I felt like our relationship started kind of differently because um, we were the fourth and fifth starters in 11, and – you know, Bum was kind of the, the young guy, and I was kind of the, the old guy that wasn't really old because I hadn't been around much. But Timmy was kind of doing his thing, and, and Maddie was kind of doing his thing with everybody. Um, and he and I just kind of gravitated together. But when you're back-to-back days like that, you're kind of in the weight room together. Um, and I think that, that, that transformed our relationship and started it off because we were always around each other. Um, and then, you know, you're obviously in a dugout more together than, than, than you're not. And, um, I mean, he's one of my better friends in, on the planet. And I feel like I respect him as much as he respects me. And, but I think that's why that relationship started, because he was the young guy. I was the old guy that really didn't have any friends yet. And we just kind of stuck. <clears throat> so, and then, you know, Bum just, uh, it was just a fun progression to watch him, you know, kind of 
up and down for a couple years and then transform into this mean guy that I think that I helped make a little <laughs> bit. Um, cause he didn't definitely didn't act like he does now when I was around him until about the second year in. And I, I hope that he watched the way I did things and was like, Oh, that's how I want to do it. Um, I hope so. Uh, I hope that's kind of the effect that I had on him. And I know Tim, like you said, Huddy rubbed off on him and obviously Kane and a bunch of people, but if there's a little part of me in there and he goes to the Hall of Fame like I think he will, that that'll make me super happy. I think we see some of it. I, what was a 23, 24-year-old Madison Bumgarner like in the weight room? Because um, I see him now. It, he's lifted me up a few times. Same thing. I mean, he he was a – you know, it's funny. Somebody asked me that the other day when I was in there. And he hasn't changed a whole lot. He was a little bit quieter. Um, he didn't mess around quite as much as he does now but he still did he'd he'd whack you in the side with the foam roll every once in a while and uh, try and wrestle you and pick you up and toss you around but um it's a little bit more now because now he's mad bum back then he was still just madison so uh but he never messed with the old guys (laughs) one i think he was scared to hurt us so um but he's he hasn't changed a whole lot he's about the same all right ryan vogelsonic thank you for the time Uh, instructor now for the Giants but also seriously one of my all-time favorites well, to cover. I appreciate so. it you're one of my favorites too all right I'll take it thank you Ryan <laughs>People just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.